Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, welcome to this edition of Believe in Grizzlies. This is our second episode of the season. And today I have a special guest, Jay Ham. He's the co-founder of and analyst of 94 Feet of Life. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Hey, I mean, I, I feel special. I'm guest number two. You guest number two of this season. Yeah, a lottery pick. It's just like child. That's what I'm talking about right there. Pick number two. Okay, uh, tell um, 94 feet, the feet of Life is featured on YouTube. Can you tell me a little Tell our listeners a little bit about that and when do you get started? Well, we are a group. It's really, I'll say it's six of us that pretty much kind of man the controls of it. It started out with four. And we started out in 2015 just talking basketball on Facebook and ultimately just linking with a bunch of dudes that Really not just dudes, just ladies as well. Just thinking with a bunch of people that basketball people that hoop heads, just like-minded individuals. We like the game. We like to study the game, the history, the strategy, everything that comes with the business side. And so we were just having good conversations just about basketball. <coughs> Excuse me. We were having good conversations about basketball over the summer. We just decided to just rock out as a group. And it just kind of took flight. From there, we started doing podcasts. We interviewed a few notables over the over the years. We had Tim Hardaway on. We had um, Lenny Cook on. We had Roger Groves, a couple of guys that played in the NBA, and a couple, you know, prep phenoms and whatnot. But <coughs> excuse me, the scientists are killing me down here in Memphis. I, but, I um, understand. I understand. But uh, we um, we generally just we just enjoy the game. We all have a a similar passion and love for the game. And we just like to put it back out there and just get the people talking as much as we can. So we had the Facebook group rolling since 2015. We're actually going into year eight of doing that on Facebook and about year six of about five, six or seven of doing podcasts, just having fun with it and just trying to grow it organically. We're not really hot take guys. We right. pretty much go have some substance behind what we say, at least from the admin standpoint. The group, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about the Grizzlies. Um, they just won their uh, fifth straight. Um, they beat the Orlando Magic 123 to 115. Um, and they improved to 25 and 13 on the season. And let's talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. He had a season high of 31 points, 10 rebounds, and three blocks. So I'm going to ask you that question about Jaron. Then I'm going to, go, going to go into like, you know, the Grizzlies lost some tough ones, you know, um, including the Christmas Day game against the Warriors. Do you think that the fans really overreacted due to those losses? Then they come back and win five straight. Absolutely, because I looked at the Christmas Day loss. It could have been the same loss on December 27th. They just didn't play well. Right. You know, I don't think it was the case of the stage being too big. And they just had a rough day. Right. And then they come back home a couple of nights later against Phoenix and they have another rough day. But I also put that, granted, like what was that, going into the Christmas Day game without mm-hmm. this Phoenix, that was the first time we all, we had them all collectively back at once. Mm-hmm. Okay, they looked good that night, but you still got a lot of kinks and everything else to, you know, iron out just over that, that period of time. Because they haven't been together since May. Right. You know, so as a whole group. So to get that, you get that win, but then you get those two ugly losses out the way and you get back to doing what you're doing. And it, for this team, it's having fun. You right, exactly. That's the main thing. That's all. That's what I always say, having fun. Yeah, they they, they have to be in tune, engaged, and having fun. Even, even if they're being challenged or not playing well, some nights I'm living with it because it's like, okay, they just you're gonna have some nights where they just ain't gonna have it. You know what I'm saying? It's just part of the it's the NBA. That's the NBA grind for you. Hubert Brown used to say it all the time when he was coaching here 20 some odd years ago. 
you're gonna have at least five nights a year where no matter what you do, you will win. No matter what goes on, you will win. You're gonna have five more. No matter what goes on, you will not win. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. But you kind of take them as you know, take them as they come. Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, like with the NFL, it's just like, you know, it's any given Sunday, any given game. Mm-hmm. Like you can lose against a lowly team on any given night because Absolutely. you know what? At the end of the day, they are professional basketball players and they yeah. know how to win. They may lose a lot, but eventually they're going to win. Nobody, well, you know, I don't think nobody ever went uh, 0-82. So, no, and, and, and the talent itself, like you said, they're all professionals. We can look at a team and be like, that's a trash team, a private franchise, whatever you may want to tag it as. But at the same time, they still basketball players, professional. professional basketball players, you know. So, and they're going to get one. Right. At some point, you know, saying whether they win, they lose 10 in a row, 12 in a row, eventually they're going to win one. Exactly. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast, you know. You just have, but I think you said something that was key which they're learning to do, which is learning how to win in this exactly. league on a night-to-night basis. And the cool part about it for what we get to see right here in Memphis, and I kind of looked at this from the moment that that everything gets kind of restructured from, you know, the infrastructure standpoint where you have new GM, new head coach. You got a lottery pick that you're about to, you know, select the job around. I'm like, this is a starting point for us to really like really chart this thing because now we as this team in Memphis is actually has some form of stability up underneath. Now we can watch it grow organically. And you know what I'm saying? So it was the cool part when you got all of that in. And we I have to say, just being a historian of the game, it's one of the fastest growing, you know, franchises from the starting point that we started at four years ago mm-hmm. to where we are now. You know, it, it's it's nice. You know, saying it's a it's a blessing. And growing up in this town is something that we all love basketball. But now we actually have a competitive entity in the city, and that's cool. Right, and then it's just like usually Memphis is a Tigers town, but sh- mm-hmm. uh, slowly but surely it's becoming a Grizzlies town as well. So, and, and and we have to evolve, I think, to where we really can kind of flex both of them. Exactly. Because the Grizzlies, they want to support the Tigers. They're they're all for it. They're all in for it. And the Tigers are going to show that love back just because of the kinship of the nature and they're taking care of, you know, it's basketball. You know what I'm saying? So then you got an icon with the Tigers, you know what I'm saying, that's at the head of that table. And now we have a new icon. With John Morant. With John Morant, with the Grizzlies. And, you know, they wearing each other's shoes. You know, And he and Ja, ja has been a good recruiter. Exactly. For the Tigers. <laughs> exactly. You know, so they're they're pushing the fact that we really are Hoop City. Exactly. You know, we so are. Yeah. That, and that's just the nature of it. And now we starting to really see all of that manifest. It's just fun to watch. It's like, I let y'all do the complaining. I'm not going to do no complaining. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's get back to Jaron Jackson Jr. He had the, he had the um, best game of the season, I thought, a uh, season high. 31 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. And most of his points came in the paint. He was uh, 12 or 14. That's a good number. Mm-hmm. And they kept going back to him, and I love that. Because usually right. I'm, I'll get mad because, like, he's open and they miss him. But right. tonight they use his talents. You just said something that's very key. But where he gets criticized the most is, of course, he take too many threes, he take too many jumpers. But when he's in the paint and he's flashing, he's open, and he's not getting hit, what is he supposed to do about that? He still got to get his touches and get be involved exactly. in the games with the offense too. So when he gets those opportunities on the perimeter that's open, shoot the ball. Exactly. I have no problem with any – in this league today – I don't care what position you play. You're going to need to be able to knock down a shot from 15 to 20 feet on a regular basis. That's just where the league is going. Now, for Tripp, in this case, he still does a lot of silly stuff on the defensive end. 
And it's silly because it's like he gets caught with bad timing, like the like the 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 dunk that Paulo got on. He was mm-hmm. very late. <laughs> it's like Josh saw him coming. Okay, John, like let me move out the way. Trip tries to come in and make the you know the hero play, but it was like he's very late on it. That's a foul that he didn't have to have. Let it go. He gets but he wasn't. But he life. wasn't. He wasn't in foul trouble. And then like uh, this this season, he really hasn't been in too much foul trouble. By four games, four five games, he's been this really good. He only had three fouls this, the whole game. I mean, he still carries the nickname Hackson Jackson for me. Hackson Jackson. <laughs> but but it's a term of endearment because what I respect the battle with Trip is that if he's gonna mess up, he's gonna mess up going full speed. He's messing up trying to make a play. You know, so I can respect the the hustle and the effort on it. It's just the timing and the maturity that that comes with it. You know what I'm saying? But he's still he's still very impactful, and for him to have it, he needed that game that he had tonight, though, just to be able to see it go down twelve or fourteen from the field, like you said, just to see it continuously going down, him flashing in the paint, getting the looks that he wanted, and the block shots. They were like very destructive. <laughs> exactly, he was like aggressive from the start, and like right. when he comes out like that. And let me let's go into the next question. So is Jaron, John Moran, and Desmond Bain can click at the same time for the rest of the season? Do you mm. think the league is in trouble? They could be. I I have to. The way I look at it is like on paper, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But I still think that if Dylan Brooks is still going to be here, which I'm expecting him to still be here beyond the deadline, mm-hmm. it's feast of famine with Dylan, which, so, I mean, we go back to game four of the go to state series that was the famine but his famine was trying was was him trying to get himself engaged back into the series and i'm always gonna give props to taylor jenkins for continuing to ride with him through that you like well you, you uh, don't bring that up food. don't bring that up because i was mad <laughs> I was mad at him and taylor jenkins because i figured but, but i have to i have to bring it up because it's like he had to find that out. He had to stick with his guy. He he needed him in that series. And then after that night, I thought it was dope that the first person, the first two to speak up for him was the oldest cat on the team, well, one of the oldest cats on the team, Kyle Anderson, and your captain. Mm-hmm. You know, said so both Kyle and John kind of pretty much like, hey, no, nah, we that's we ride with them. Yeah. That's our guy. You know, so we'll care what it is. That's our guy. And it was, of course, with all the clutter and the noise and everything that came with it, but it was one of those points where I feel like this, when we finally get that parade route mm-hmm. downtown Memphis, I'm going to point back at that series and be like, that's one of the ones where we knew we had the real winner. We knew we had the real deal with Taylor because he wasn't willing to give up. He knew he needed his guy in that series, and he gave him every opportunity to try to get back into it. And it just ultimately it didn't work out, but I respect it. Now I will say this: I do believe that Zaire Williams is really suited for that slot that Dylan's in. Right, because he had a good game tonight, um, mm-hmm. his best game of the season, in my opinion. He had 16 points. He was six to seven from the field, so that that was a really good game for him. Right, and he's starting to look comfortable. You know, exactly. his maturity, his basketball maturity is really like you can really see it just from where he came from last year. Last when year when he got injured. Yeah. Right. When he was getting those minutes, those starter quality minutes. And then over the summer, you saw the leak even more. And then when he comes back and he's healthy coming into the season, now he's starting to look like what you would see in the summer league. You starting to see that player come out where he's comfortable in the athleticism, the Everything's just coming into full full circle for. So let's get back to my question that I asked you. So, like if John Morant can put up 31, 32 points, Jaron Jackson Jr. can put up 31. 
And let's just say that Disney Bank uh, gets you over 20. That's a, I mean, I think that's a good recipe. And then, and especially if they are good on a defensive end, I think they can go far in the playoff if they keep that up. It's a June recipe. And I got to give you, I got to give you pretty much a quote that I got from my brother at 94 Feet of Life, my guy, um, Myron Jenkins. We call him pretty much the guru because he just like he eats, drinks, everything this game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Just the thought process. He's like, it's really this simple. He's a ham, it's really this simple. Mm-hmm. Once y'all get to the point to where Jared Jackson Jr. can dominate the first three quarters. Don't talk about just straight torturing whoever in front mm-hmm. of him. And you still got Desmond Bang doing Desmond Bang. And you have one of the best fourth quarter players in the game today do his thing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Y'all win a championship. Wow. It's just really that it, it's that simple, but it's not that simple. You know what I'm saying? But he, his point was that the ingredients for it are there. Yes. It's just a matter of being able to get to it. And they gotta and they gotta have have a fight on their hands. Okay, oh, the yeah. next question I want to ask you, okay. So people are getting all up in their feelings um, with the play from last night when the Grizzlies played the Charlotte Hornets, where they, you know, they defeated uh, Charlotte last night, 131 to 107. When John Morant um, let, he didn't touch the ball, he let it roll for like, he let it stay on the court for like 30 seconds. And some people are like, oh man, they need to change the rules, all this and that. And my point is, <laughs> my point is, if Charlotte played defense, that would never happen. So yeah. why do you need to change the rule? Why? It it's John does it for the reasons that he does it. I mean, for whatever it may be. But if it's a time preservation move, then so be it. Now, granted, he's doing the time preservation thing while he's up 15, 20. That part can be a little bit like you know, kind of rubbing in the end or whatever the case, but at the same time, it's like, come play defense. Come guard, come get the basketball. Come guard the basketball. I mean, people people really do whine and complain about a whole lot. Right, but and, it's just, it, it was like ridiculous today and like, well, the NBA need to change the rule. Change the rule for what? The defense, need, the defense need to play, you need to play defense. You can't make them play. what and two what? Right. <laughs> He'll say, what exactly would you change that to? Well, he got to pick the ball up, man. Look, he got eight seconds after he touches the basketball to get the basketball across half court. Any other uh, any other level of basketball, he's got 10 seconds. NBA is the only one that does the eight-second half court, get across half court rule. Mm-hmm. And once he gets it across half court, he got 16 to get a shot off. Yeah. What more does need to be changed? The game is already moving at the fast pace anyway. If he's going to let the ball roll up to preserve time, so be it. Right, but people were like, they was just all in their feelings today. I was like, if they you play know what defense. That is, though, right? You know what that is, right? What is it? We start, we got a superstar, so now we gonna, they going to pick on every little thing. They pick the everything. <laughs> That's just really what it, I accepted that part last year, honestly. Like, they finna really start messing with him about every little thing that he does. Every little thing. So, I'm surprised that he didn't get any backlash from that pending lawsuit that he has that and, TM, TMZ broke. And okay. I'm trying to, I'm, hold on, let, let, let me finish. Let, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so this happened in July. They filed a lawsuit in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DAs decided not to press charges in October. Why did they wait to January to tell TMZ? Who sold it to TMZ? This, then, the other. But so, to me, for me, I know me how I am. If somebody hit me in the face with a basketball, I'm going to foul on the suit. But, okay, but this neither here nor there. What's your take on it? Okay. So if the DA decided not to press charges, that means this is a civil matter now, right? Right. Okay. Now, 
from what I read from the TMZ deal was that this incident took place at John Morant's home. Right. If you hit me in my home, what am I supposed to do? I'm just saying, you you throw throwing like you said, throwing a basketball in my face anywhere, that's one. I mean, that's that's grounds for it to be go down anyway. Right. But you do this, you at my house and you violate. Right. How you gonna sue me at my house and you violate at my house? Well, that's the way of the world. Way of the world. With, with the lawsuits and everything. And but, this is a seventeen-year-old, right? From what right. they were saying. <laughs> They're going to nitpick everything, Shy. I mean, it, it's just what it is. Yeah, and then it's just like, I'm, I mean, and I'm surprised that we didn't hear about it before now. You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised. But, you know, I guess everybody at the Sherry County Sheriff Office and everybody, well, if, you know, if, had... If it stayed criminal, if it stayed criminal, we would have. Right. But the fact of the matter that it's gone civil, it's like, oh, it's a money grab. Yeah. The, that's, yeah, that's what I thought. And then they was like, well, and then any other time they were like, you know, the news would say a 17-year-old man. Now, since Daryl Moran is involved, they say it's a minor. Okay, which one is it? <laughs> this is why we don't like the media the way that the media is anyway now. Because right. of the, the way that the picture is painted. Like you just said, it, 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 in normal circumstances, especially with a black a young black male, a seventeen-year-old man, really, he buy he can buy liquor. Right. You know what I'm it's like that with him. He vote at seventeen. No, he not even vote. He not buying cigarettes, liquor, none of that. But right. when you want to depict it as him being the victim, especially when it's a victim, he when you want to depict him to being the victim of another black man. Now he's a 17-year-old boy, 17-year-old minor. Come on, man. Right. And then I'm just like, um, I guess they're going to say he got pain and suffering and all this and that. Um, but, you hit okay. that man at his house. <laughs> like I, that To me, it's like, what are we here for? Which is right. probably why the judge decided that. I mean, the DA decided not to prosecute, you know, go, none of that going forward. Because he knew a jury would not convict. I mean, right. like, really? You hit the man house, you threw a basketball in his face. You told him it wasn't intentional. Then you going to threaten him? I he mean, he couldn't even throw a basketball at him at, at the court that he helped refurbish at Mount Morale. Right. <laughs> Without the same thing happening to you. And then and it's just that's, like, that's and then. If you had been at Mama Raya, more than him would have jumped you. Well, you know what I'm yeah, saying. I'm just, it would have got very ugly about Yeah, Mariah. very yeah. ugly. Yeah. But in, in the police station right there. Yeah. Yo, so where do the Grizzlies go from here? So they are currently tied for number one. Well, I think they're probably number one now. Um, but Denver is playing tonight. And if Denver uh, loses, they'll be solely in number one. So do you you think that's a big confidence booster for the Grizzlies? Well, it could be, but <clears throat> I think when you get to the month of May, mm -hmm. it don't matter. It don't what's matter. What's gonna matter? What's gonna matter is that matchup that you're across from. If you can at least get them, even if you got if you got home court, you're gonna need to win at least two or three at the crib. Yeah. And then they have a good home court. You know, they only lost three games so far. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're 15 and three, I believe, at home. Right. I think. Let me look. It's yeah, something like that. 15 and three. And then, like, with that win tonight, um, they're now 10 and 10 away. And the, that, to me, that's really where your key is when you're talking about really winning the championship. How many can you get on the road in the playoffs? Because you're gonna need to at least steal one every series, especially if you ain't got if, if you got if you got home court, you're gonna need to steal at least one. If right. you got to travel, you're gonna need two. Yeah, now they're 500 on the road because they it was it was dismal than that, you know. But like you know, they got five in a row. 
but I, I, I think they're going to be fine. They just have to keep clicking on both ends of the floor. You know what's funny to me, though, about it? <coughs> it's still something, and I guess it's just this is part of being a native Memphian, mm-hmm. whether it's the Tigers, whether it's whoever. It's still something that's in the back of your mind that almost make you want to believe, like, this is almost too good to be true. That we are this competitive. Now it's like we got the attention that we've been really looking for. You know, say mm-hmm. just as a, as a basketball town, as a city, as a culture in general, we got the all eyes on us now. Right. And then, I'm not worried about if they don't win. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a young crew, they'll be back. They can grow. They can get better from that. But if I think about it often, like if we were to really get this parade route in downtown Memphis. What this really gonna look like? Cause it's like it's really scary to think about. It. We that close. Memphis gonna party all week if that happens. You see, <laughs> they they thought Mardi Gras was a thing. <laughs> they ain't seen none of that from none of us yet, you know. But just the idea of it being that close. But every year since Taylor Jenkins been here and Job been here, they have improved every year. Every year. I had to give it up to Zach Clyburn just for for the fact of he was able to really put everything, the right pieces, right Mm -hmm. in the right spots. You got a a coach that's not too young to be able to relate to these guys today. Mm -hmm. To me, that's so vital because I look around the league and I'm like, Doc Rivers on borrowed time because he's so old school. A lot of these old school coaches like that that's been around, they on borrowed time because they can't really relate. Right. We look at our culture here, just look at the way our guys take the court. You'll say coming from the tunnel, the same routine, the same whole deal every night. That's starting to catch on. Now we look up, we see the New Orleans doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like all of the little influences and stuff like that to keep us right, to keep all eyes on us is right there. I'm ready. I'm at the point to where we're already the hunted, but I really I want to be the championship hunted. Right. To where where when our guys go to and it's starting to happen now too. When our guys go to other cities, you start to see the jerk, you start to see bridge jerseys in other arenas. You start to hear MVP chance for Ja. It's all the little stuff that we see the other winners get. We mm-hmm. start to get that. We just ain't got to that winners, that winner's circle in joke. Okay, so the all-star, the first uh, round of the all-star voting, fan voting came out today. And John Morant finished third in the West behind uh, Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic. And I just want to ask you something. Do you think the fan voting should be um, limited? But I know the league is for the fans. It's for the fans. But basically, this thing really is a popularity contest instead of, I just don't know. And then sometimes the coaches don't get it right. I mean, because, I mean I'm, I'm just trying to figure out why, like, Andrew Wiggins is – number five of the fan votes got a million well, votes i'm like because the team that he's on and and then like the nba screwed up when they just want you to vote through the app and online i just think that that whole process needs to be revamped okay there's a couple things with that as far as like the andrew wiggins effect I mean, he's in probably the third or fourth largest market in the league, mm-hmm. the San Francisco Bay Area. The popularity of that team, them coming off winning another championship, he was voted in as a starter last year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just to kind of carry over from what he was able to do last year, then even with it still being relatively early, people still got a pressure in their mind that he had one hell of an NBA fight. Mm-hmm. So you got that factor in. Also, the, the fact that he's playing, you know, with Steph, 
who's going to garner that same same type of love. Luca got Europe behind him, so I can understand that part of it, too. I mean... I'm not really complaining about, like, the votes that y'all got, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I, you know, like, um, marketing uh, in Utah, he's been doing, you know, a good job, but I'm just talking about the validity of the fan vote where it's just like, it's not based uh, it, on your play, it's based on your popularity. Well, it, it's kind of, it's actually kind of twofold on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's always, even back in the 80s when they had the little ballot boxes set up inside 7-Eleven, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, when you actually had to write your vote and drop it in the box, it was popularity then. But the game, the league, wasn't as popular then. So you kind of really had to catch, at that time, you could really focus on the cats who was hoping like that. And you weren't getting as much television coverage, so you had to read the paper, you had to watch Sports Center. Now it's that our folks are really doing it, basing it from highlights. They're basing it from highlights and how they how these people affect their bets when they own, you know, bet whatever the bet, you know, the bet thing that they're doing. You know, so oh, the bet thing is like the worst thing I think that ever happened <laughs> to like sports because I feel but like this is where these guys' logic are coming from, though, based off of how they place their bets with these cats. But but it's just that's just ugh. I just I just hate that because fans get online, they could be so cool and right. all this and that. Somebody get hurt and. And then they don't watch the games. They just watch the highlights or whatever. I'm just like, well, why this guy here? He should have got like four rebounds. You lost me money. Right. Idiot. Idiot. Right. You shouldn't have bet. You shouldn't have bet on him. You shouldn't do that because you don't know what's really going to happen. And I just ugh, yeah. I just don't like it. I, I'm not really into the betting thing, but to each his own. But it's just crazy how some fans react. These are human beings. Human beings. They have up night. Don't bet on them. I mean, really. Now, they not telling you, you to spend your money. <laughs> true that. <laughs> now you mentioned an overhaul of the voting system. I think the All Star Game in general needs to overhaul. Even though they, I do like what they've done recently with you know the captains picking the squads, and it's mm -hmm. not necessarily East West. I get that, but we're really at a state to where we could go USA versus the world. It's right. enough talent on the world side. And really, it's really enough. We really got enough that could probably warrant two all-star games. Right. And, and, and even where if you have to, like, change it up to where you got two games and the winners play the winners on Sunday night. You know, you got two games on Saturday and then the winners play the winners on Sunday. Yeah, that would be, again, yeah. You, it's something different, though. You know what I'm saying? Right, now, and then, like... You don't want to I, overwork them, but it's still something different that can make sure that guys get truly rewarded. Okay, this here, here's my team. thing. That's what, this is what they need to do. Okay, so on Friday night, two teams play each other. Mm -hmm. And then, like, um, maybe on Saturday, another team play, whatever. Then, you know, the winner play the winner on Sunday. Then you can have all the other stuff in between. You can really what? have this like start like at five o'clock before you do like the other stuff, you know. Right. And then you need to give players incentives to be in the slam dunk contest. Yeah. And then it's just like recently it hasn't been garbage or whatever. And then they need to get rid of some of these judges. Stop having these um, stop having these uh players back in the day uh do the dunk contest. I'm that's just I, I don't know. Sometimes their voting is not what it needs to be or whatever. Try something different. You know what I think about the dunk contest, though? And I kind of pitched this one out for years. Stop letting the NBA guys do it. Bring them dudes in that used to be like on City Slam or ESPN because that's all they do is dunk. They, go, they can risk their bodies to go do this. It's like we asking our guys in the league, sure, we want to see them, if you want to even, if they even down to like mix it in, you know, say so just kind of put a showcase on. But the dunk contest has gotten to a point to where we seen everything that we need to see without props. Mm -hmm. Everything else is gonna have a prop nowadays. And then if I got to see a cat like Aaron Gordon that's six ten that's doing stuff that six ten dudes they supposed to be doing, 
and he still can't win, I ain't going to watch no more. That's just me. Right. And then that's why that's why John Morant won't get in it because he don't think why it's really time? fair. Right. Yeah. Why waste your time with it? And then you can it, it, you have to have the time to prepare for that unless you just that kind of freakishly creative dude like Vince Carter who didn't need no preparation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is a freak of nature here of that kind. But you know, you you got a plan, you gotta have props, you gotta have a mascot to make sure that his head sitting at the right height so you can jump over his head and the car that you can put out, you gotta have it's it, it's it's too theatrical for the same thing every year, ultimately that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I um what else I gonna say? Um, I was gonna ask you, where where do you think um the Grizz is gonna um eventually land in the West this season? Right now, you know they're hanging out number one, two, three. So where do you think they're gonna end up? With home court in the first round, so they'll definitely be within that one through four. The I don't know if it's anybody that I would think that they would want to avoid because it's the West. It's the wild, wild West. You got to right. see them anyway, you know, so. But hey, don't, don't, think... hey, don't be taking my line. I wrote that in my last article. <laughs> yeah, but as long as they uh, long as they get home court that first round, I'm cool with that, you know, because what what's this, how much we talking like a game of separation between what one through four one through five? It's 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 it's, it's real close, really close. All right, let's see. You can go. They might not expand. They might not expand too far throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, one through four. I mean, it's just like um, the Kings four point five back, Dallas three point five back, New Orleans one back. So it's 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 real close, real close. And then and those those teams that gonna um, be fighting for the play in, ooh, we. I still I still see the champs coming up the backside of this thing and where they gonna probably storm back up in that in that top five too. They only five point five back. You see what I'm saying? Especially with third to come back and then they playing well without thirty right now. They hadn't lost since before Christmas. Yeah. You know, up until last night when they got beat at the horn. But I mean, I still I still think them Dallas, I'm not really super concerned about because you know what you're going to get from Luka, mm-hmm. but does he have enough to push it over right. through the finish line? It's a lot of James Harden effect right there with Luka. You know, so not really sure with that. New Orleans is the one that scared me because they got the horses. They physically can match up with us. They got somebody that we really don't have an answer for if he gets to that point. And they got two other cats that can go get 30, 40, whatever, and CJ and Brandon Ingram. So they worry me a little bit too. Denver, with Denver, it's like, don't double the big man. Don't double him. He will make your life hell. Just play him straight up and make him defend on the other end. You'll be fine with Denver. I understand why Josh said we find out with. Okay, um, let's talk about yeah, you know, we said that the Grizzlies they may um finish between one to four in the West. Um, let's switch gears a moment. Um, let's talk about um Demar Hamlin. Um, I didn't watch it live, but I was seeing you know people talking about it on Facebook and Twitter. Then I went to Twitter and I saw it, and it's just like. Oh my God. I was just like, wow, what is going on? And then, you know, I saw, you know, I turned, you know, to uh, Monday Night Football and then I just saw how somber, you know, everything was and things of that nature. And then it's like, man, I have um, my daughter, she's 24. And I can imagine, you know, what his parents going through and for something to happen, you know, like that on live TV and millions of people watching and 
I can imagine how the players, what the players are going through. So do you think that I've, you know, heard people say that people just don't look at these players really as human until like something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's actually been on my mind since that happened. Just the fact of it happened that fast because me and my guys, we were all watching. We just like we're on a Zoom call now during the podcast. We do Zoom calls to watch basketball, Monday night football, Sunday night football, just to hang out and kick it with each other, just kind of off the record, just, you know, shoot it. And we watching the game as it's happening. And all of us saw it. We were like, oh, when they showed it on the, we didn't see it like live. Right. When they showed it on the replay. We were like, whoa, no, nah, that, that that didn't look normal. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hold on, man. He made the tackle. He springs back up. And then when he springs back up, he just falls back. It just falls down like that. The first thing that it took me back to was two basketball-related incidents where both were like cardiac arrest type deals. Mm-hmm. Hank Gathers. Yep, I remember Hank Gathers. And I was I wasn't watching the game when that happened because I was like nine years old and I remember we was on spring break. So I'm up late watching Sports Center and I remember seeing it on Sports Center. And I remember seeing they showed the the you know, with him falling mm-hmm. on Sports Center that night. That visual just never left. And uh my man that used to play for the Celtic, Reggie Lewis. Mm-hmm. Same, same deal. And the, the thing with both of those guys, with Hank and with Reggie Lewis, mm-hmm. they survived the first collapse. The first time they collapsed, they survived. The second time, they didn't make it. And that right. was just what was going through my mind there. And even when that happened, and then when they started, you know, we, all of us were going to Twitter to try to get updates, and we seeing that CPR is being administered. We're like, nah, man. Yeah. All of us played football or some form of sport, whatever the case may be, and ain't none of us heard of CPR need to be administered at a football game. And for so long, I mean, you know, like, it was so long they had to do it. 15, 20 minutes, we like, they not playing this no more. Mm -hmm. Once we saw what was what, we do then, we like, they can't continue this. Because the player's not going to even want to continue. Right, exactly, because you can see, like, I mean, their faces and emotions and like they could barely talk about it today because like the coach was like crying you know at the press conference i mean you can tell that it was so emotional it's not a deal of paralysis or you know nothing the band died Died on the field field. (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like it's that serious he died on the field you know and just off of a routine football play that we were all taught from the time that we were playing, taught from the time we started playing football. You drive through the man, you put your shoulder in his chest, you drive through. Clean textbook play, and just then in that instance, it caused that type of blood trauma to have that happen. Right. And, and I, I'm thinking, I'm like, I actually was thinking about it when I was at work Tuesday. Like, I wonder what the NFL teams are practicing today. Knowing this week 18, last week, some, this is like the last week because they, they're not going to the playoffs, but even those that's in preparation for it, how much contact have they had? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because th- this was just from a routine play. You talk, it could be one play. Right. And it, it, it really in sports in general, but definitely in the NFL, one play and everything could change. Right. That and kind then- of change ain't what we're looking for, though. But, and then, like, you could, like, Josh Allen, he was saying, you know, like, some people ready to get out there and some are not. Because it's just like, and they was talking about mental health. This is taking a, because, like, I I read somebody saying, he like, man, I got a wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Like, what if something happens to me out there? This That goes in the back of your mind. And then we always want these players to be tough and all that. But this is a life and death situation. That man stopped breathing on the field. He stopped right. breathing, and there was a point in time that people didn't know if he was going to make it Right. when they resuscitated him. And, of course, the first question he asked when he gave consciousness, who won? Who won? He's still a competitor. Right. 
but it is it's kind of I won't say it's messed up, but I thought about it even the day before I saw that. I'm like, I wonder if he's thinking, especially when I'm saying that they they saying that he's responsive. Right. I wonder if he's thinking if he's gonna play another down of football. I, I, just, I, I you have no idea. But but you you have no idea because I mean um, they said he's functioning, but right. what kind of person he's gonna be when right. he gets through it. Right. We we don't know, and then like something about his lungs or whatever. But I would be happy the day that he walks out that hospital and can first talk. First. He he's exactly. not ta- he's not talking. He writes stuff down, things of that nature. Right. He's still not out the woods, but it's encouraging signs. And then the humanity I have seen with that GoFundMe account is just just awesome to me. Yeah. How can we can't get together like this all the time? Yeah, you know what I'm I saying. Mean, and that and that's the the weird part about sports is right. that it really does draw and bring people together, especially just from all walks, differences, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. But then the sad part of the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and then it's kind of right back at it. Right. And but like you said, it's like how could, why why we can't have this like this all the time? You know right. what I'm saying? Where humanity actually comes out you see it within people you see genuine humanity within people and people actually care you know about other people because that's a remarkable thing that it went from 2500 to 7 million right that's that's remarkable i give you the i give you the optics on this one just Mm -hmm. think about where that league was and fan base was five years ago when Colin was had him on trial for collusion. And just think of the chatter that kind of still was, you know, lingering with that. All that's happened since then, mm-hmm. all the way up to what you had happen on Monday night. And it just kind of made the football world just freeze. Right. It was almost kind of like that needed to happen, sadly, to get people to like shake you. Like, hey, this is this serious. You know what I'm saying? This is like this game that we enjoy. These people, when we say that these cats put their lives on the line for it, they literally do. You know what I'm saying? It's like we can't take that for granted. We like, like you were saying when you were talking about with the bets and things, people going back and they going to these cats' inboxes and trolling them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And attacking them on Twitter and this, this, that, and other. But it's so much more to it. It's much more to life than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's unfortunate though. It really is. You know, but that you have to, it's definitely unfortunate that you have to have something of that nature to kind of really shake people and just, you know, make you put a focus on it. It's just like when the you know, when they was in the bubble in the NBA and mm-hmm. um what's the, what's the kid that went through there shooting up folks with the, the peaceful protests. And they let him off. The white kid that was up there, I forgot his name. Rittenhouse. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. There you go. Just like that with the NBA. The Bucks was like, no, nah, we're not playing. We don't care what y'all talking about. Well, that, that happens when they um, when the other guy was shot. Um, A black guy in near, uh, with a, I don't know, yeah, I forgot yeah, his yeah, name. That, yeah, yeah, that, 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 I forgot his team. name. Yeah, I forgot his name too, but yeah, when he got uh, that was the no, the no comply deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they and all right, it's like you, that's what led to the protest, actually. That's yeah, what that's what led to the protest, and right. Yeah. And the Bucks, that being their home state, mm-hmm. not playing. No, this, this hits home. Not too close to home. This hits home. You know what I'm saying? And ultimately, the rest of the players, they had to take, you know, follow suit with that because it was like, yo, we can't take, we got to take this thing. They right. using us to be this distraction away from a whole bunch of, you know, injustice. We can't continue to allow that to happen. We have to be able to stand up and say so, you know? So just in that same instance, you have all this stuff happening in, you have a form textbook play. Mm-hmm. Early in the game on Monday Night Football, which was a good game up until that point, it was competitive. It was good energy. 
felt like it was about to be in store for a classic. Textbook play, everything shuts down. Right. I mean, everything. And salute I'm just to the to... NFL. Salute to the NFL, too, for like, yo, we're not going to continue that. It's just going to, that game is just going to be what it's being. If it's tied, it's tied. Well, they canceled it, so, yeah. Right. Mm, I wonder, I just, I don't, but it's just going to cause a mess with, um, like, what they did today. I don't know what mess is going to be, but that's neither here nor there about the um, playoffs and everything. But I, I just, mean, I, I think I, I, looking at it like it'll sort itself out, you know? Yeah, but I just want him to be okay, you know, regardless right. of, you know, what comes out of it. Because it's well, his life. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Not to make it even like a selfish thing, but mm. he's the story for the rest of the season. Right. Regardless of what happened this Sunday, next Sunday, and when next weekend, a wild card weekend, a subsequent weekend to follow, he is the story yeah. of the NFL for the remainder of the season. And probably sometime going forward after that. Because we ain't yeah. seen that happen like that in our lifetime. Right. But it's just like we just prayers up for the young man, prayers That's up for his man. family, his teammates, and everything because it's just like an emotional scene, you know. Because right. I, you know, after I found out, I text my, um, I text my boys because I'm like, how y'all doing, you know? Because that's like, man, I don't know. But just prayers up for him. That's like it's good. a dangerous game, but you know, you know, we just gonna continue to pray for, for pray for that young man and pray for everybody because like some like I said some players still you know it's emotional for them right now even yeah. though they know they have to go out on the field and you know continue to do it like anything can happen where it's just like man it's it's life you can't help yeah. but wonder how many of them are like really reevaluating a lot right not just you know playing playing that game but just a lot in general after yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate appreciate you for coming on oh, um, hey, and chatting anytime, it up with me. Anytime you want to have me back, just let me know. I rock with you. You know how we roll. All right. I appreciate you. Holla. Thank you for having me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.